Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Today on the Ether, what does it mean to go multi-chain? Hosted by Near Big Brain with Wrecked Gang. Let's take a listen. Alrighty, I hope that wasn't too bad. So it's amazing to see some people jumping in now. So I think it's about time to get started. Well, how was it? Uh, how was the audio? Did it make it? Was okay. Not bad, to be honest. The conviction isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but exciting. We'll, we'll just say... We'll have to wait for Elon to save us. He's, he's been doing a lot of good work recently. I'm loving the view counter on Twitter. Like, as a marketer, that is my dream to be able to see. I get to see my conversion rate when I tweet. It's like, oh, and especially when it first goes live. If I get like a, a hundred views and only like one like, I'm like, oh no, that was obviously a bad tweet. Yeah. And especially the excuse of, okay, I hope no one saw my Sorry, tweet when I was drunk. It doesn't work anymore. Oh no, you're all good. We were talking about how lovely Elon is putting in the work, getting everyone to, I, I, I recently heard that they dramatically, I think almost by like a quarter, like they're now a quarter of what staff they were, but their speed in what they've been able to produce and the updates that they've done in the, just the last month is dramatically far superior to what they've done in the last couple of years. So they've gone back to like that startup mentality where it's all about execution, moving fast. And I think that very much applies to a lot of web free projects. Like you need to be able to move quickly in this space, uh, see an opportunity and go for it. And even when, uh, to like tie, tie it back to the topic, uh, when you're going multi-chain, it's all about just taking the leap. It's if you see the opportunity going on that venture uh, and going across. So we've got a lot to, to dive into uh, today. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Big Brain, are you ready? Ready to go. Let's bring the story from the record game. And uh, if you would introduce yourself, kind of a minute pitch. Uh, is it me or I have some difficulties to hear you? It, it, it is a bit like a robot, but I think it was uh, handing over over to you to, to be able to introduce uh, Rec Gang. Okay. Tell, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. And I saw you, you had this amazing thread go live recently today. So I'm just going to pin that up while you introduce yourself. Okay, so... Hi everyone, I am Bess, one of the co-founders of Reg Gang. Uh, Reg Gang, it is uh, a multi-chain pro uh, NFT DAO project uh, that had the, the beginning back in March with the first mint on uh, Terra. 
and it was direct wolf nft uh, and uh, since then uh, i would say that now we are at three plus one chains with the uh, with 6.6k nfts uh, and uh, and uh, yeah i'm really happy actually to discuss this multi-chain topic because it's uh, it's a topic that i really really like Yeah, I no, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Just uh, no, thank you so much for that uh, that intro. I definitely uh, came to know what was the initial sentiment from the community when you told them that you were going to be launching a if, if you didn't catch that, it was when you first announced that you're going cross chain, obviously you guys uh, with Terra, there was obviously that going to be that natural. Okay. What's, what's the next step? Um, what was like the sentiment from the community when you made that move and then following, as you said, it's not just one chain you've gone to, it's a little bit more. And so how, how did your community take when you was able to uh, take that evolution and move across chain? So I would start, uh with with the story how how the whole idea was started we were last year with the with other co-founder zerker in as ambassadors in galactic punks the the other terra project and uh, we we started to to have some uh, some partnerships cross chain so with monkey dao and other projects and then we realized the the potential and also the whole idea for the fact that in the end, uh, you know, uh, at the time, all the NFT projects were quite isolated uh, in their chain and uh, they didn't interact so much. Only the people that were on the different chains were like the bridges. And uh, we were, we started to discuss more and more about about the, the future of the multi-chain, how, how the whole thing could evolve. And in, in early January, we decided to launch a project, a multi-chain DAO project. So that was the, the main pillar that we had since the start. And around that, what we wanted to create was like a multi-chain DAO with the, with the main idea to be uh, on five chains with limited cap for the nfts uh, and to focus mainly on on the knowledge why in the knowledge uh the the most interesting part of uh of having a multi-chain DAO is that you have people with different backgrounds and different knowledge and if you are putting all them together then then you have something magic because uh, they they literally can uh, can uplift and they can help other members from uh, from the community to learn something new or to to see to see things from a different point of view or to catch up new opportunities uh, earlier and so on and that was our idea and that is how it started with direct wolf and when we announced in uh, late january the the whole idea to to terra to the Terra community because we started there. 
people were a bit skeptical because uh, no one knew how how this could work, how a multi-chain DAO could work, uh, why you should uh, why you should mean to more chains? Uh, are you doing it to to just print money or uh, or like uh, how how the floor prices on the different chains will be? Uh, will look at, there will be arbitrage, what happens if a chain doesn't work. So there were a lot of skepticism and a lot of questions there, but it was interesting. So we uh, people got uh, got triggered and they got interested there. And, uh, and still, uh, and we didn't discover it until uh, June, I would say, when we migrated to IFE. What was the multi-chain? But in the beginning, I would say already not not so long ago. It's eleven months ago. the The multi multi-chain idea was still sounding strange to to majority of people. And uh, now, after eleven months, it's uh, okay. In crypto, it's, it's it's like five years. Uh, it's becoming quite. Uh, quite a normal approach from different projects. And uh, here we are. I think that uh, we are in a situation where in just like 11 months, we managed to shift uh, to shift how people were thinking about the multi-chain part and how they, uh, how they were viewing it. And, you know, in the end, uh, the chain is a tool where the communities can build and uh, and uh, and stick together and it's not the other way around where like uh, 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 the communities are the tools of the chains and uh, that was in the past where really we saw uh, we saw that part uh, where where it's still now the like the proj uh, the communities and the culture are really really attached to the chain but but then now we are seeing that the people are are interacting much more with the different chains, uh, uh, with different chains cross uh, uh, on cross layer ones, uh, and now they are feeling much comfortable also with this idea that their NFT project can also be multi-chain. All right, I'm going to try one more time with the mic there. How much is this better? A little thumbs up for much me. better. Oh, thank you. So um, I, I love the fact that you tried to to provide a solution for your community and employ multi-chain, which there's actually several projects uh, just in the near ecosystem that have gone multi-chain. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely was an initial sh- sticker shock of just, hey, you're kind of abandoning the, the chain where it's really, uh, it seems to be shifting towards more of a community play. But um, I also love the fact that you, your team and your DAO focuses on education. So, um, before we move on to introducing our, our next guest, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what that looks like in the DAO in, in terms of education, uh, since you are going to several different chains at the moment? Yeah, so already since the start, the project was uh, was covering a gap, a big gap that Terra had, and that was the, the education part and also some statistics and uh, for, for, the, for the Terra NFTs. And that was our main uh, main focus in the beginning, trying to educate the the Terra Terra NFT community as much as possible. And uh, 
what we were doing it is we were reviewing different uh, different new projects uh, or the existing projects we were providing on a, on a daily basis uh, uh, statistics uh, uh, for the floor prices for the volume and uh, so on and uh, beside that, uh, we also were, uh, <clears throat> what we did was we tried to uh, uh, our DAO it's a DAO uh, earn uh, model where we have uh, clan and uh, uh, clans and lead uh, clans and the council, and around that uh, with the with the clans and the council we we pushed a lot of uh, of bounties where people uh, people were incentivized and paid in order to to go and uh, analyze different projects and uh, trying to deep dive and uh, trying to discover uh, around what's happening and that that allowed everyone to make different choice in which you know from november to january uh I would say also October from uh, from October to this uh, to almost January we had like the ape aping period where like everyone from the Terra community was just minting whatever was there to be minted and uh, they were not doing wise choices so uh, and uh, after that the period that came from uh, February to to the crash until May we saw a very very big shift in the logic people were only minting quality projects and uh, uh, why they were minting only quality projects because they started to inform themselves and they started uh, to say okay is it really this worth it or not so and there the whole value of uh, direct wolf was there that like everyone started from the terra community that uh, Rect wolf was like a hub uh, uh, where from from all the different projects, everyone was coming into our Discord and trying to to understand what's happening. Is the is that the project worth it or not? Uh, uh, then we had uh, some different tools like Will You Mint or Not that had like an incredible ninety seven percent success rate on predicting if a mint would be successful or not, and that was based on uh, on a community sentiment and uh, and that was great that was great and uh, after that uh, uh, we we basically brought also that culture cross chain and on, also on the different chains when we minted on uh, also on polygon and now also on cosmos and uh, yeah awesome no thank you for the the journey but just to break down just what the dao's function is when it comes to educating your community. Um, so we're gonna move on to our, our other guest who is actually also the host. So uh, we know Record has been on a little bit of a venture, but I hear that the Boo monsters are also uh, up to some new things. So uh, if you wouldn't mind introducing your project, Cap. Thank you very much, Big Brain. Yeah, I think you, you, you summed it up in just one word there, and we're going on a venture. I think the way we kind of view going cross-chain is very much about exploring new communities, being able to build on what we've already established and to take very much the mentality of growing the pie. So I just pinned our little thread that we did kind of breaking down the three key areas 
that as we go into our next phase of the project that we're focusing on, and for us at the Boo Monsters, we've been on a, a lovely little ride with Nir. Uh, we were founded almost a year ago now. I, I, I had a quick look through all of the Discord chats and I found that our main holder chat started on the 21st of January, 2022. So we're almost a year old. I consider the community being that hub. And whenever that first message came through, the first conversation started, that's when our DAO truly began. So almost a year old and now ready to really take on the next level of expansion. We were lucky enough uh, with Near to grow and to establish our DAO with just over 40 people. Uh, so it's still very exclusive. Uh, there's a total of 100 boom monsters. 39 have been, been auctioned. And we're going to be having our next one, our pirate boo, being auctioned tomorrow. That's going to be on Exchange Art and super exciting for us to see what happens. I'm, I'm partially nervous because it's kind of like, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, let, let, let's see what happens. We've been able to uh, really garner the community. Everyone's been, over this last week has been sharing their new booze, which has been designed by the legend, the, the pixel legend himself, Zeno, or one of, if not the uh, best artists on, on Solana for really getting everything out of a pixel. Uh, his amazing work really tells a story and we were really honored to be able to work with him on our Boom Monsters. I see there's a couple uh, in here as well. So Jared Rocking, uh, who is dualistic Boo. Uh, the cool thing we did there was uh, we pitched to Zeno, hey, uh, the person owning this, uh, they're co-hosts of a podcast together. So how can we get one NFT to represent two people? And so we had that nice split in half dualistic style. and. As we now go on to our next expansion into Solana, it's all about kind of three key areas for us. Uh, we're going to be focusing on expanding out that community because obviously that's the heart of it. Uh, our core, we are a exclusive uh, profile picture collection, technically. And then what that entails is our lovely Boom Monster DAO, uh, the, the people at the very center who were able to become friends with. Um, there's really lots of uh, awesome educational opportunities. Uh, we had already like one podcast a few uh, days ago and Bala was talking about how he just like had learned so much from being in the boo chat. You don't even realize, uh, but you're able to gain so much knowledge when you're in these uh, small groups with such high level people. Uh, one of them being Ravi who introduced me uh, to, to direct gang to bring him onto, onto the spaces. And that's kind of the, the power of when, when you're in that core community. And for us, it's all about continuing to nurture that and just looking at, cool, now we're going into Solana to expand it. Uh, we've, we've been established on near, now we're looking to grow further. And after uh, Solana, it's continuing on that venture because I had a little clip go out earlier on from our podcast kind of talking about how we want to be able to view our 100 Boo NFTs as a way of distributing our kind of like appearance, our, our awareness across different spaces. We've been on to Nir, now we're going to go to Seoul, but we want to continue venturing off into other chains as well and being able to auction new NFTs across uh, the, the whole of Web3. So that's uh, our, our big uh, sort of pillar that we're looking to do and what we're excited to be able to welcome more people in on. We're also, as we go to, to Solana, there's a few key, key specific ones that we want to focus on. And 
when we've uh, been looking at, okay, w- w- what attracts us to Solana? What has Solana done really well? I think has been a really positive one-of-one art scene that's been created. And there's a thriving artist community that we want to be able to uh, tap into, but also give back to. I think working with Zeno has, has really shown us how important it is to have an artist uh, at the heart of your project. But then there's so much more then. So one of the core initiatives that we'll be able to do is a couple of our booths being boo curators. Uh, if you know Deluxe, uh, an amazing, amazing person uh, who's been with us through our rebrand. Uh, he is also an artist on Exchange Art. Uh, he'll be uh, helping curate along with Everif, our amazing uh, an artist boo as well. He started on Near, gone on to Seoul, and continuing on creating his amazing work using machine learning and all cool sorts of tech. And then Ravi on the side as well, bringing his wealth of experience. If you If you know him, you know he's a collector, uh, always showing the amazing artists that he's supporting. And so the, the trio of, of these guys, uh, so active in the one-on-one art scene on Solana, we're excited to be able to give them uh, the space to choose the, 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 their favorite artists, the ones that they believe are contributing most, and to be able to invest into their artwork, to be able to spotlight them, and to really be able to bring that vibrance to that market. So. That's uh, our second big, in, big initiative. And the last one has been a little bit secret. Uh, it, it's something where uh, we noticed that as Nick started to taper down, a lot of projects uh, lost the demand, uh, that they weren't necessarily able to sustain themselves moving forward. And we, we, we hate to see amazing projects who have built something really amazing, um, kind of like dwindle away. So what we've been able to do is, is work with uh, the guys over at Near Ocean. Uh, that their founder within is actually a boo, or one of our original OGs. And we're now going to be taking over uh, the project, being able to add our, our boo little flair to it and really start to expand it outside of current horizons. If, if you don't know, they have an amazing Discord news stream. Uh, what it essentially does is it allows you to get all of the latest news uh, you would want straight to your Discord. Uh, it's just a simple. A channel that that's created and a little bot that goes through and what we're going to be doing is democratizing the sharing of that so in our little boo discord there's different tiers and the one of the bottom tiers are your boo bounty hunters they'll be able to decide what kind of goes out onto this news stream they'll be able to suggest hey i found a, i've stumbled across this amazing piece of information i would love to be able to share it uh, with your community and then there's a little vote to make sure that everybody is happy democratizing it and then it can go out across the news stream and be shared with everyone so there's lots of really cool things that we'll be building out there and i've been rambling on a little bit but i, I wanted to just to take the time to kind of break down each of the different segments uh, that, that we've been that we've been focusing on and really looking forward to for us to go on our, our multi-chain journey just like you guys have Rec Bank. Absolutely, Cap. I tried to hit the mute button a couple of times, but uh, I guess you over you hit the override. So uh, we'll get on to the the panel question here. So this is just for the panel, and uh, I've noticed obviously that that recognizing that everything is hand drawn, which I think is is truly awesome, and it speaks toward uh, your artists. Both of you guys have phenomenal artists, but with um, IPs becoming more of a thing of NFTs, and I think 
the future of where you're going to see a lot of uh, future NFT projects pop up. Um, what are some of the uh, tactics or strategies that you're you're doing with your community to um, either encourage or speaking to, to uh, larger brands to maybe uh, secure some some really big uh, top name brands to your project? Yeah, the first thing was uh, was to keep the the art as clean as possible since the beginning. So uh, already with the first collection, we paid attention that uh, none of our trades uh, should have uh, an external brand. Uh, I mean, even of a protocol or a chain or of an of a real life brand. Uh, that was very very important for us to to keep it original and also not depending on anyone in terms of of uh, of brandings to not have uh, to not have problems because by by allowing the community to to use the ip of their nfts uh, in that case uh, really makes them uh, very flexible then to to use it for for everything and uh, uh, you were talking about the okay. How how can you help the community, or how can you convince someone to use uh, to use the the brand or the IP? Here it is something interesting. It is uh, that you know what what is more interesting or more attracting than a memeable brand. So that was our main idea beside the multi-chain DAO. We built brand uh, around like a meme and in our case uh, from the beginning it was wrecked wolf and that was interesting because the wrecked wolf name came from the fact that uh, is the contrary of the of the wall street uh, from the wall street so what happens it is you know in the beginning everyone when uh, tries to join the crypto they feel that they will make a lot of money and uh, they will actually 100x they will sell the top and they will be like the uh, the wall street wolf uh, at uh, the wolf of wall street and in the end we all end up being the erect wolf and here we are all again in a bear market and around that idea that you know you uh, but trust me, during that bull market, uh, direct wolf was sounding really strange. They thought that we had some problems, but by naming our project in that way, and it uh, it got a lot of attention from everyone because the people that were liking the meme and they were liking the fact that uh, you can literally put uh, the the profile pictures in every meme that is funny that was really, really attracting. And in this case, you can use it also for everything. I, I don't know, also like uh, it's memeable with the uh, uh, with the fast food. It's very, very looking good for the marriage or also uh, it is uh, the art it's made has uh, as origin as inspiration from the cartoons from the 80s so you have, you can see a bit of uh, inspiration from there and in that case it's also very very usable for in the future who knows uh, also for for short animations or so uh in the end if you have an art that is likable so it it can be used for a lot uh, a lot of things uh, for uh, 
for merch, also for uh, <clears throat> for <clears throat> for videos, or even if people are really just enjoying to to have them. That is important. It's it's very. It should be clean to to not be depending on anyone uh, 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 from the other projects. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's that was our vision for for the art. And we were actually very very lucky with our artists because me and Zerker, the ideas that we had before we met Kudo were actually quite hilarious. So I'm very glad that Kudo joined the team and then he took over the art because without Kudo, I would say that uh, we would speak in a different way about the art of Red Gang. Everybody needs a hero. Cap, what about yourself, my friend? Yeah, the art is so important. And you touched on some important points there about how it essentially needs to be brandable and like you need to be able to utilize it in different merch. Like uh, Jared always talks about uh, the NFT hoodie test. It's when I wear this on a hoodie. If I wouldn't wear it on a hoodie, I don't want it. If I would wear it on a hoodie, I'm going for it. And I think that very much speaks to whenever you are building a NFT project, you are essentially creating IP. And the most important thing when you are going through that sort of process it it is ideally something that can scale and as you as you're saying it's like you can put it into a game and you can create merchandise around it you can create an animated series for it like there's so much level that you could you can go to i think uh v friends is a perfect example of gary v's version and vision of where he can take that he wants to make that uh, his disney uh, his level of character where everybody would know them and that all eventually starts with the art itself. The art itself has to be able to tell that story for somebody to be able to believe it. And we were lucky enough to work with Zeno, who I think is going to do incredible things in the future. And he's really been able to curate and create this art in, in such a way that it feels like the, the boo is one moving. Uh, it's kind of like go, going to the right. Or if you look at Joe's, he's going to the left. and that way, it's kind of like moving. You get draw, drawn into it. Uh, he was able to do this lovely key up piece for us as well. That kind of tells the, the story a little bit too and creating and defining that boo world where our boos will live. And that, I, I love what he's, he's been able to do. The artwork kind of sits as that core pillar and especially as a profile picture project where people will wear this and they put their identity into it. Oh. That Zeno was kind enough to also do customized booths for all of our members. So anyone who was part of the DAO while we were going through this rebrand phase was able to completely get their own design boot. So my brief to him was a boo on fire. And there was lots of other booths who were able to come up with something that they were super passionate about and that they loved from their childhood or that they grew up for that brought back amazing memories. And all of that was able to be imbued into their boot and that all comes from the artwork itself so it, it's, it's so key, key for a project and i'm super excited for what we've been able to come out and that's why the auctions starting tomorrow are going to be uh, amazing as we're able to share all of the other incredible art that he's done because there's a hundred of these boo monsters and we're going to be showing everyone um, them come to life pretty soon 
Awesome. Awesome. Amazing stuff, Cap. Uh, let's, let's get to the topic at hand since uh, we, we really want to know what it truly is to, to go multi-chain. Uh, but in going multi-chain, I kind of want to know, like, from each of you guys, what is the biggest, uh, I guess, you haven't launched yet, but what is lesson learned of, of, of either a potential mistake that others have done or that you made in, in launching uh, Rekt? Uh, and feel free, uh, Cap, you can go first if you'd like. Okay. So we haven't, I think it would be good, Rex, for you to talk about a little bit of the lessons that you've learned. And for us, we haven't just launched yet, but uh, one thing that we have noticed is that the key is awareness in that new community. Like it has to make sense for you to go multi-chain. But before when we were coming up with what what, what our plan is, uh, I I put together a, a simple Venn diagram of our community. On one side, I had near, on the other side, I had so. And that really stuck home the point for me because I realized, wait, 50% of our community, arguably more than 50%, are actually in Seoul. Uh, they came fr- from Seoul to near and then kind of started gravitating their way back. So I'd say that that would probably be for me before we've even gone on. That would be the initial biggest learning is it's been a nice transition because our community is organic. It, it came from them themselves saying, hey, this is, where, this is where we're active. We would like to be able to uh, go on a venture here. And then that's translated when we've started announcing it's been reshared by some really amazing people. I've been getting lots of DMs uh, fr- from top people uh, looking, to, looking to join us. And that only came about because it's a natural evolution for us. But I am also curious, uh, right, gang, to, to hear about the l- learnings uh, that, that you've had was there any things that you r- had a struggle with and that you found a solution for so i would say that one of the main the biggest asset that uh, that the multi-chain project has is the existing community so as you also mentioned previously because if uh, the existing community that you have on on the previous chain on the actual chain or chains uh, is not strong enough is not active is not willing to expand then you will really really struggle to convince uh, people from different chains to join and to aggregate to to your existing community so what's happening it is there is a slight difference if uh, the your project on the actual chain or chains is is not enough active then when you are moving to another chain this might look like a relaunch and not like an expansion so but when your community is striving on the existing chain that's a different thing it means that you you are able to show to the new to new people from uh, 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 from the chain that you would like to expand what are you doing how how your what's your vision and how that vision is actually executed on a daily basis in the existing playing the existing uh, community and there is the whole secret and the power where whenever someone for example joins or is attracted with the art of the project when they are joining the the discord and the community and they're seeing what's there inside the retention rate is actually very high 
very high because they're seeing uh, they're seeing what has been built in the last uh, almost 12 months okay uh, and uh, they're seeing how how did this community evolved uh, how how amazing actually they they are in being very very open and uh, to have an open mindset and being really uh, really dynamic to shift uh, from one chain to another one in in all the discussion so uh, everything that happens into our community now at the moment it it's uh, it's so dynamic because no one asks anymore okay what chains is this or what do i have to use uh, which wallet after like almost like one year the people that uh, that are more active they are already 100% digens they they know how to use seven plus chains uh, they know how to use the the wallets uh, they're confident with with exploring going uh, doing and that's that for someone that was sticking to only one chain is impressive so we are not seeing it uh, from our side because we got used to it but from someone that is uh, coming from external this this uh, this helps helps to to see something different that, that they are not used to and uh, so for and if there is a learning here it is really before trying to expand and trying to to go on uh, on a new chain uh, before doing that, really consolidate as much as possible the existing community. Try to execute on your vision as much as possible, and especially uh, uh, try to understand also inside your community: are they ready and willing to expand? Because if they are not willing or they are not ready yet, then don't do it because you might actually uh, undermine the the whole uh, the whole journey. So I see also I there is Zerker really here. So if <laughs> no, absolutely, please, please, Zerk, uh, please come up to speak. But I, I think you put it uh, right: is really knowing what your community wants and not trying to do it for your own financial gain, uh, because it can be perceived in that nature. So I, I'm glad that you guys took that approach, and obviously it's worked out well. So um, please, Berserk, come on up to the stage. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Sorry for being a little late. And thank you for organizing this, Captain Boo, uh, Near Big Brain, and, and Bess as well for being here. Um, I heard the last question on about, you know, some of the potential pitfalls of going on a multi-chain journey and totally agree with what Bess was saying. It's extremely important that your community is very open, receptive, and understands the advantages of this expansion and going multi-chain, right? And you can do that before, you can do that right now, like the spaces you're organizing right now and kind of letting them know why this decision has been made. Uh, you need your community to be very curious about other blockchains. I feel like um, if they're not curious, if they're very maximalist, if I can use that word, then you will have a lot of friction, right? So if you open the educational pathways and kind of tell them the rationale, then uh, and, and have that open discussion with them, 
then you'll have a much easier time. Things like learning how wallets work is very simple. You know, you just need to write up a document and it will take you about an hour and you're done, right? Uh, but shifting that mentality from single chain maximalism to multi-chain or being chain agnostic, that is a journey that takes time. That is a, you know, they like to use the term paradigm shift. It, it will take way longer. Um, and some people may not agree, but, uh, you know, by having these discussions like you're having right now, I think that is super helpful. So don't focus on the tech, focus on the bigger vision. Yeah, I love that. It's something where everyone is, it can be agile. Uh, everyone can learn to uh, how to drive. You can learn how to walk. Uh, and it's about like nurturing uh, the, the other sort of side. I think that there's an interesting sort of parallel there to when you're building a startup, when you're building a project. You don't always necessarily want to focus on people with hard skills. You sometimes want to put more emphasis on the people with the soft skills because the hard skills you can train. The soft skills, well, uh, that's someone who just, who just has it. They can be learned, but it takes a lot longer. And uh, you can do a course in three months, six months, and you can learn the hard skill you would need to be able to code, to be able to market, to be able to do whatever uh, skill that you're looking for. But to build a soft skill, that takes years, decades, really. And I, I, I love that little philosophy to focus more on that rather than one, because it's something that uh, I, I too think about uh, whenever I'm, I'm working with people. I'm like, oh, come on. Where's that, where's that little bit of pizzazz? Uh, as, as part of our, our, boo, our boo values, uh, we, we want people to uh, have integrity, uh, empathy, and innovation, and be innovative. So uh, I very much push for the empathy side, because I think that's so important. You want to be able to understand pe people and put yourself in their shoes uh, and I, I'm a marketer at heart. And so when, I, when I'm, I'm doing that, that's the sort of philosophy. It's like, I want to be able to understand the person I'm talking to. Then I, then I know how to build the project, uh, build the product that they, they would want to use. I know, okay, cool. So this is what your goals and visions are. This is how we align with that. And yeah, I think that's uh, so important to, to be looking into. And now that you're here, and I want to dive into a little bit now on the kind of the future. Uh, as, as we're talking about, you can learn to break into other chains. What, what do you think is then that multi-chain future? What, where do you think we are going towards? I'm going to leave it quite open-ended because I would love to hear your, hear your guys' initial thoughts there. Either you guys can t take it away. Beth, you want to go or you want me to take it since you've been talking? <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you have it, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought you, you guys would have chatted about this earlier on. I guess maybe I'll be repeating some of the points. But for us, it you know, what it means to be multi-chain or, or chain agnostic is to kind of forget on which chain you're buying this NFT and really not thinking about it in the back end. It's just, you know, um, I want to be part of the booze because I love their community. We think they're very empathetic people. I love their roadmap. I love, you know, their vision for the future, all the innovation that they're bringing to the space. And I don't care at all. I don't even need to know on which chain they are. 
you know, I want to pay with, with crypto uh, on Ethereum or on Near or on Soul. I just want to be part of that brand and that culture and be part of that community. That's all that matters. The chain is just a means to an end. It's just kind of like something in the back end that you don't even know is going on, right? A great example of this um, multi-chain or, or chain agnosticism is uh, Reddit NFTs, right? People don't even know that they're part of the Polygon blockchain. Um, they just care about being part of Reddit and having these avatars. And this is kind of the same vision for, for, for Web3 is... We just want to be part of the brand. We just want to be part of the community. We just want to be part of the utility. That's why we're buying it, not because it is on a certain specific chain. Um, yeah, so I think that is kind of the, the future that we're hoping to achieve. Uh, but we also understand that, you know, there will always be chain maximalism and that there will always be like DJs that, that have very heavy bags on a certain chain. So maybe it's it's not possible, but that would be kind of like the ideal future. if that makes sense yeah actually that makes totally sense i i agree there and the chains are like different small countries or regions where like each of them has their unique culture and uh, we can see how how different can be like uh, like the, the nft culture on on if or solana or nia it's a bit different Okay, and uh, until uh, now that uh, we see more interactions between the different communities, it was a bit isolated, and it was the, some some people were feeling more home on a specific chain because they were they were uh, feeling uh, that that culture is uh, is more suitable to them. But this is, you know, as I was saying, that the the different chains are like different countries. But they are getting globalized by this chain agnostic or multi-chain movement. So slowly we'll see more interactions. Uh, and as Berserker said, in the end, uh, in three or five years, will literally not matter on which chain we are or what is the technology behind the, the, the NFT that the holders have. And it's all about okay with whom you are spending time and uh, what are your values what are you, what is your vision and if the people will will find themselves in that okay the 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 chains and uh, all that part will ju will just be a tool as uh, as i was saying in the beginning yeah i think we're aligned on that sort of vision where like if you think about it do you know how the internet works? Like when you connect to your Wi-Fi, do, do, do you know all the ways it's going to work? And I know for most people, they have no idea. To be honest, I, I don't really know. And I use it all the time. I wouldn't be able to live without it. And that's the, the future for the blockchain as well. It's going to be this passive thing that exists behind everything. And in that world, it is a multi-chain future because everything should be interoperable. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tap into the ecosystem if you didn't connect to everything and the real core thing about the blockchain is it's organically starting to go there you see lots of projects and chains coming up saying cool we're connected with here you see like aura uh, it's connected with, with all the all the other uh, different evm chains and i think that's what where we want to be pushing towards and why projects should be thinking of the mentality of like how okay what is our multi-chain play because if we plan to be here for the next decade 
we're eventually going to have to do it. Uh, there will be some sort of aspect of the project that would be applying there. And for founders to always be looking forward in the future is like, cool, so what's going to take us there? And, and how are we able to go on a venture across the chains? Did you guys talk about uh, Layer Zero, Axelar, or this new kind of tech that will enable interoperability? Not yet. Because I think that's a great segue. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. But have you heard of this, Captain? So I know about Layer Zero. Uh, I've spoke to a couple guys there. I, I can see he's in the chat, Kurt. And uh, we know about uh, looking at Wormhole, X-Chain. Uh, but I'm curious to hear about uh, your thoughts and uh, a couple others that you mentioned there. Yeah, so our collection on Ethereum actually has Layer Zero enabled smart contracts, meaning you can move your NFT across all these EVM chains. Um, you know, that goes from ETH to Polygon to AVAX to BSC, and you can move them around and move them back. Okay. Um, they were supposed to integrate with Solana as well, but I think they ran into some complications. But there's a few of these protocols, including Layer Zero, Axelar is another one that's really big that wants to compete against Layer Zero, where the NFTs are super interoperable across chains. So you just mint on one chain, but your NFT can exist on, on 12. You know, uh, by just using the simple bridge, it's just like bridging tokens, right? You're bridging it from one chain to another. You keep the same metadata. You keep the same picture. Um, why would you want to do this is, is a good question, right? Uh, so in line with the multi-chain future, one reason, and that's the easiest one for us on Terra, as we used to be on Terra, is for security, right? So if something happens to your native chain and it collapses for some reason or it's having some sort of hiccups you can move your nft and then it's safe on the new chain and it's super easy to migrate the nft or bridge the nft but the real reason that i'm super excited about is having different utilities on different chains so for instance our nfts are interoperable or integrated in a metaverse on ethereum called web um, so pudgy penguins, and there's a few Azukis and things like that that play in that metaverse. But basically, by connecting your wallet on ETH, it recognizes if you hold our NFT, and then you can play with that NFT in the metaverse. That's use case one. But then you can bridge your NFT to Polygon, and that unlocks maybe some sort of specific DeFi program where you get some sort of extra rewards for holding said nft and then you can bridge it to avax and it unlocks another game right so kind of bouncing around these different chains that have different dApps built on top of them with really cool utilities and taking advantage of it all why just you know stay on ETH and, 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 and just play in that metaverse when I could play some really cool game on AVAX. I'd like to do that, right? But I'd like to keep my NFT with me. And you can do that with Layer Zero and Axelar uh, smart contracts. So I think that's like super exciting. It's ready. The tech is there. You can use it. Just take advantage of it, right? So uh, very cool stuff. Anyways, Bess, do you have more to say on this? Because I'm, I'm always excited about this topic. <laughs> 
Yeah. So not only the Red Wolf, but in the end also our other two collections are also in, will be enabled. So also the Trippy Wolf and the Red Bulls they will be enabled with the Layer Zero and Axelar uh, technology. So in the end, yes, we have a chain where we mint, but the whole idea behind our collection is that we want them fully interoperable and then uh, really to be flexible in the end uh, to to move around and just one specification is that in this case it's not like the the founder of the project or like the whole project is bridging from one chain to another one it is the holder of that nft that is uh, deciding to do it so for example i have three nfts uh, three rect walls on it and on Ethereum now, and I decide one to move to Polygon, the other one to Avax, and the third one I leave it on If. And in three days I can move the other two back to Ethereum, and that's up only to the holder. He can use a specific bridge, and he he can do it, and then he can move them back, and that allows the the holder to decide for himself what is the best if. He, uh, if he or she decides that those NFTs are due to security reasons uh, should stay on Ethereum only, okay, uh, no need to use a bridge. In case if there is, as Berserker was saying, there is some interesting game on Polygon, why not? So it is really something that will accelerate this, uh, this uh, multi-chain uh, vision and uh, culture. One hundred percent. There's a real power when you you give it back to the community, for them to be able to move it around and and when, especially when you start talking about games as well, I think that's going to be super interesting. How you could have different game modes on different chains, and so you've got to move your NFTs across the chains in order to be able to access uh, those different game modes and to be able to uh, put them forward for it. Uh, that there's a whole big world uh, that that we can be exploring, and I'm excited to be able to uh, go there. And now we we are coming closer to the end. And as we as we get there, one of the things that me and Big Brain always love to do is welcome up the community. Uh, we've had some amazing community questions in the past, and so we always like bringing in this segment. If anyone would like to uh, come up and ask a question, this is your moment, your chance. Uh, so please feel free to put in the request and we can get you up to ask your question. And it looks like we have our first community member uh, who would love to come and speak. So as you're just loading in, sir, Amir, if you wanted to take the stage and ask your question. Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, actually, more more of a like um, kind of an, an answer. What it means to go multi-chain from a collector standpoint is quite easy you know we we just like um berserker said we 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 set up a wallet and mint and check out the project and mint as a as a project that's where it gets a little more complicated because because you can you can make a misstep easily or or make a, a wrong decision you know that will make people to whether they mint or not there's a, a time factor also involved in all this so in in the short term, it might be complicated, but in the long term, you know, new money comes, so it, it might work out well. For for personally, just a just a little comment: the Red Gang has ticked all my boxes, and and I have quite a few. 
and on on both short term and long term. So th- thank you guys, man. Great great project on board the Red Gang and keep going, man. The, just I'm so fucking curious about what's going to be the the, the last chain, or maybe not the last chain. Well, the last supply of um, might be divided on two chains or whatnot. I'm so fucking curious about that, but we'll we'll just wait and see. Thank you, thank you very much, guys. Terra Classic. Ethereum Classic. Or EOS. Let's see. We have a lot of zombies. Out or there. near. Or simply near. Hey, hey, hey. Near's cool. Lovely stuff. Oh, okay. I think we have a few more uh, people jumping up as well. Uh, Shrew, you were first. If you wanted to take the stage. Hey, how's it going? Um, so, I, I am a big rec gang member as well uh love love the crew there uh so happy to happy to have met you guys um a question i i had like when i'm thinking as like multi-chain like the experience uh and fractured let's be real everyone cares about their their bags right at the end of the day uh unless there's like some really compelling utility to have your nft eventually it becomes worth a price where people want to sell correct um or people have, you know, many, or people are looking to, you know, maybe acquire different traits or this, that, and the other thing. I know we're like far, far away from this, but how, how do you see if your project is multi-chain dealing with like fractured, like liquidity of being on like, oh, I have to be on OpenSea for this chain. And then, oops, I have to be on Magic Eden for this chain. So like, I think that really needs to be nailed before we kind of have this seamless experience where I could just list my NFT and then if someone buys it on Soul, then boom, it like maybe I had it on near and now it's on Soul because someone bought it. I know we're probably a very, very far ways away from that, but I just didn't know if there was We're any- not far away at all, Shrew. Um it's a great question. The fractured liquidity of being multi-chain is definitely a concern, but it's a problem that is already partially solved. I don't know if you're familiar with Tofu NFT, which is a multi-chain marketplace. Axelar is coming up with their own called Axel C. Um, and a few more are probably going to adopt this approach as there are more multi-chain NFTs that pop up, right? Like even OpenSea has four chains now, if not five. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's so, a great, that's like what made me think of that is because so like the Axelar robots are listed on OpenSea at both the Ethereum version and the Polygon version. And that, like, I was actually considering arbing some because the Polygon ones were selling for like, um, like $85 and the ones on ETH were selling for like $65 or like 120. I don't know. It was like a $40 swing or something like that. And there were some semi fairly recent sales, like, right. Like obviously you need to use like, you know, recent figures to be able to do that. And I remember even on Terra, the same chain, like just because of all the, I mean, Terra, I think had like four, you know, usable NFT marketplaces within even the same chain. Like you could buy a Galactic Punk on one for, you know, 80 and go flip it on, you know, another site that you might find someone to that's not aware of, you know, maybe a site that it was listed on and sell it for like 95 or something like that. Like th- those things were happening. So I was just curious, like as we do this multi-chain thing, unless some of these larger marketplaces are able to support all of these chains, which I, I guess maybe it sounds like there are some out there and, and it is being thought of. I, I just see like the fractured liquidity just being like, you know, somewhat like hellish, but. 
Yeah, the marketplace aggregators as well as having these multi-chain marketplaces is already something that, you know, like I said, it's already built out uh, and it's only going to get refined and have better usability. As right now, there, there's a very few multi-chain collections outside of the robots, the Kampai Pandas, Ghost Ghost, you know, us and... Uh, there, there's not that much. So yeah, and, <laughs> the need hasn't been there, but uh, they're definitely working. And I like what it. you said. So like I, I'm hopeful. having like an escape hatch, right? Like would have been great for Terra because then we wouldn't have had to, you know, jump through all these hoops and whatnot. But uh, and on and ironically on Terra now, that TFM NFT aggregator is fantastic. Like I went, I remember back in the day when I would like have to check to buy something. I would check like four different marketplaces, and it was like a pain in the ass. And the fact that those guys have, you know, muddled through and, and finished building it out, like hopefully that serves as a really good like blueprint to be able to, uh, you know, kind of bridge the gap in the meantime uh, before, you know, maybe we're fully seamless as far as just like, you know, I, I hate to bring it up, but like the Trump NFTs, right? Like you bought it with a credit card and, and kind of like the Reddit thing, like you didn't even know you're on Polygon, you know, you just know that you bought, you know, an, an NFT with your credit card. And I think once we get there, like that's when, you know, we all say we're early, but that's when we'll know we've made it when like the normies don't even know that they're at a, at a much larger scale, don't even know that they're, you know, doing crypto stuff. No, that's such, that's such a great point. I mean, I think that, uh, I know we say it kind of sometimes at, at just nauseam, just how early we are, but, but truly when, when use cases like that, or just the seamless without friction and then we know what uh you know we, we should we should probably uh start packing our bags so uh yeah and like my final uh, thing and then i'll step down like people. even even frank realizes this i was in a, a utes community space last night obviously utes um are going from soul to polygon and like one of frank's biggest like i won't say it's a concern but i guess one of his goals is that he wants when people are bridging you know, their youth from Seoul to Polygon, he's like, I want, he's like, I'm going to try so freaking hard to make it a one click, like experience for those people transferring and like as seamless as possible. Um, and so I, I, I mean, I think people are thinking about it, or, or at least like the big brains are. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, they can make it happen. I think I think migrating our stuff from old Terra to, you know, our respective new platforms, whether it have been Polygon or, um, you know some of these other chains uh i i don't think it was a terrible experience uh but I, I mean i would say that i'm a probably an above average crypto savvy person uh so uh, but I, I i don't know uh you know the one click experience obviously that's where we need to go to you know onboard the masses so absolutely no thank thank you for your insight and and definitely look forward to seeing uh what frank does uh on ethereum but it looks like we have our, our next speaker uh, up. So please, V, if you'd like to ask your question to the panel, feel free to do so. Hi, guys. Thanks for letting me up. I think if I was a cover, the host they wouldn't, they wouldn't have let me up. But thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, just wanted to ask why you guys are moving to Solana with Boo Monsters, because you've talked about having a huge overlap with the Solana community already and already having so many people who are in the community so why not try to move to say ethereum or another ecosystem or is it just the safety that you, you guys have with solana that you know that you'll be able to uh, get the highest bids or you'll be able to get some good sales if you stick with solana yeah, it's a great it's a great question 
And you touched on the first thing, was like it's organically, that's where it brought our attention to it. But the, the second reason is because we want to go on a venture. So ETH is very much in our sights, but to really make an impact on ETH, I think we need to grow to a larger platform first. So we were able to launch onto Near and establish ourselves very much well within that community. Now, if you compare Near's NFT market cap to Soul's NFT market cap, there's a vast difference. And then when you compare Soul's NFT market cap to ETH's NFT market cap, there is again a big difference. And so for us, we didn't want to run before we could walk. Uh, we haven't started up our auctions uh, in quite a while. Uh, I think the last one was all the way back in April. So that, that there's, there's been a very long pause on them. And for us, it's all about momentum. So going on to Solana is how we're able to start establishing ourselves again. Uh, we're able, as you said, to be a bit more uh, concrete and, and confident uh, when, we're, when we're going to auction. Uh, we want to be able to also bring our friends uh, in, in, into the DAO. There's lots of uh, members in, in the Solana community who know our current boom monsters. And we want to be able to bring them along for our venture before then going fully off uh, into weave into uh, the, the wider world where we can then start to look to onboard more and more people. But for us, Solana is, is that, that next step. Uh, but we will be going on to more chains after that. Thank you. Thank you. That answers my question. You guys should maybe look into Polygon. I mean, most of the Solana projects might move there, so Polygon yeah. might be a good. <laughs> I know well, you guys have probably decided to go to Solana already, but just wanted to put it out there with Frank and everyone else going, maybe you can ask Sandy for six or seven figures to come there too. <laughs> well, one of my favorite things because uh, I'm currently learning Spanish, is Polque no los dos. And it's, it means, why not both? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I think we also have a, another community member, uh, Exulian, if you wanted to come up and take the stage. Yeah, thanks. Um, I guess it was just expanding on the earlier conversation about like fragmenting like exchange or like liquidity because of like, uh, collections being on different chains. It already kind of happens with um, like different uh, exchanges, like using, there's a lot of collections that are on Ethereum, but you know, you got things spread out between Blur, OpenSea, LuxRare, and so on. And you already get fragmentation there. So um, fragmentation just allows for arbitrage opportunities. Um, and then if you can do that cross chain, there's a lot of people that don't want to deal with bridging so you can get cheaper collections elsewhere and play along with that so there's a lot of cool stuff that happens as well yeah it's what, what i love about polygon also is that they're taking a very big brand approach like uh because like you already mentioned about reddit uh, that there's literally countless the number of of big brands from starbucks uh, i think they've done stuff with disney and like that there's every everybody uh in between uh that they're doing their teams out there uh hunting i, I want to know who's their head of uh, business development because that guy needs a raise uh that, that they, they've been doing incredible work and that's how you start to bring on uh the, the masses and if they're also taking that interoperable approach they're trying to then connect and be a part of all the different ecosystems 
I, I can see that we do nothing but grow the pie. Uh, it, right now, if you look at this just total number of wallets, we're in the millions. We need to get to the billions. And the only way we are going to do that is through bringing everyone together uh, on a multi-chain, bringing in these big corporations, welcome them to the party. And what I'm looking forward to is the community projects uh, like ourselves is where are we going to be standing against these titans uh, when the time comes? And uh, my hope is that we've been able to curate such a small collection of hyper successful people within the space that there's such value in, in being a part of that. And that's how we're able to stand up against it. Uh, if, if you want to know, I'll tell you guys a little secret. Uh, the, the secret Boo uh, mission uh, is our, our vision is to be able to build vibrant communities across across Web3. And we want to establish historical significance in the early 21st century during the, what I call the Wild West of Web3 for building these vibrant communities. And that, that's, that's the public uh, sort of vision mission statement. The, the secret one is we want to be able to sell the IP to Disney. And what that will do is uh, allow Disney to create an entire animated series about the Boo Monsters. And similar to Gary V's vision of his V friends being able to tell the story and for them to be able to adopt his uh, identities and his beliefs in what different personality traits we want to embody, uh, we want our Boo Monsters uh, to be able to do a similar light. And the, the little little joke I have is if you know about the Pixar theory uh, with uh, D Disney, is that the Boo Monsters, they're after Monsters, Inc. So that when they buy it, they'll, they'll change the name to Boo Monsters, Inc. And, and then they'll make their animated series. And that's how we'll fit into the Pixar theory. And that's how I'm going to pitch it uh, to, to the BD. It's like, oh, it fits into to your Easter egg story. It's fine. It'll be great. <laughs> we have a joke on, uh, I love that. We, we have a joke on Polygon. It's get that Disney money. We, we always say that, you know, anybody that bridging that to Polygon, get that Disney money. So you guys made it your mission statement to get that Disney money. <laughs> well, Disney has a, has a lot of money to go around. You know, I'm a big Marvel fan as well. Like I, I bought lots of cinema tickets, lots of merchandise. So I'm, I'm expecting royalties. <laughs> do, do we have do we have a little bit of time? Uh, I don't want to go over too much, but. I have like a thoughts on this, but I don't know. It, it's it's not even on multi-chain. It's it's maybe a little separate. And I'm wondering if we're running running a little late, so I don't want to go overboard. I, I think we're good. Uh, we could do a thumbs up in the community to see if everybody's okay with uh, a couple minutes. Our, our community goes for like you know heavy three to six hour Twitter Twitter spaces, so. They're good. Um, I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> We're good to go. We're good to go. You got it. The floor is yours. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about this name and um, onboarding the normies. So, so my question is, do we want to be um, blending in or, or kind of getting assimilated or, I guess, um, you know, trying to, to bridge more into a web two brand with uh you know if you do get bought by disney if that's the mission statement right you, you will become a web two brand <laughs> originating from web three obviously like the history of it all or you know because it reminds me a lot of the story of and one 
and Nike. So I don't know if you remember like the OG and one, which was very street culture. And they had like these basketball tapes and they were selling like these really cool shoes and these t-shirts that had slogans that insulted people. Right. And then kind of Nike stole that culture. And now nobody talks about and one. But so, so my question is, do we want to be warm web two or do we want to stay as degen as possible? and bring them into our kind of web-free culture. So doing the opposite of trying to blend with them. And, uh, you know, I guess it's more of a philosophical kind of discussion on where do you see NFTs in three to five years? Do you see them trying to emulate what the big industries in Web2 are doing or kind of doing their own thing like they're doing right now, but even like at a more degenerate level of uh, really breaking the boundaries and, and not limiting themselves on, on some of the things that Web2 companies can't do. I don't know. Does that question make sense? Yeah, uh, to, to, to me, it makes sense. And I think we would go to more of the, the kind of TDR, or we would go to more of the Web2 way as we just bring on mass adoption. You have to adjust your techniques to be able to cater to, to the masses. Um, the reason why, like, uh, I think that, and, and even it's, it's in like kind of the statement is that we're currently in the wild west of Web3. We're in that degen mode where things are moving fast. Uh, lots of projects are going forward, breaking something, fixing it, keep on moving forward. Uh, there's even just lots of negativity uh, going around, lots of rugs, lots of scams. You've got to be careful in, in the wild west because you can have the light, but you can also have the dark. So that's where, where I think that at the moment uh, that, that that's what's happening. But as the billions start to come in, we would start to go towards more of the, the more social norms uh, rather than the degen vibes that we currently have. I kind of second that segment because I mean, the worst thing you can do is be excited about something that is foreign to you. And then next thing you know, you lose all your money because you forgot your seed phrase, hit the wrong key, fell for a spam. Uh, I, I think that ultimately that, that's definitely that, that type of friction is, is going to do more harm than it would help. Uh, and then you're just going to shrink the pull. So I, I think in theory, I understand what you're saying to kind of, hey, th these are things you need to learn. But I think ultimately, if, if there's a way where we can uh, teach the masses without having to have some of the pain points that we had to go through, then I think that makes it better for, for all of us overall. Um, but yeah, curious, just the panel's thoughts or anybody from the audience that wants to chime in as well. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, if to follow up and why I'm bringing it up is because if we try to become too much like them, I don't see how we can compete. Um, you know, I don't see how you can compete against Disney if you want to be like, you know, an IP for Disney, but they got their own thing going on, right? They got their own massive art department, massive communications department. They can make shows, they can make everything, right? It's kind of like play to earn games. And they always talk about this, right? You can make a small game and have your small niche community culture around it. And that's cool. But if you're trying to make like a massive AAA first person shooter, I have, you know, kind of my doubts on you competing versus EA or Blizzard or some of these big studios. So 
to me, there has to be kind of that differentiation element that stays there. And that's maybe that culture that we have right now, that, that DGEN culture. So do you guys have thoughts on, on that? Kind of like how you guys, yeah, go ahead. Oh, Bess. Okay, so I think we don't have to compete because as you're saying, it's like a lost battle. From the other side, those companies, the, the corporation, they, they are seeing everything as uh, as business or corporate or, or customers. So for them, we will always be future or potential customers. So, and if they will do something, uh, they will try to attract as much as possible visibility to their brand, uh, to whom? To all these uh, com Web3 communities that we are seeing, uh, we are seeing around. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure we they will not step down to our level in terms of culture because they're coming from another world and they have different goals. And here, if we are here in this uh, this in uh, this Web3 with you know this NFT culture and community, we don't want to go back to to that level. Okay, so I think it's it will be separated, but. We'll live together and uh, basically uh, we'll continue what we are doing now at the moment. And there will be interaction between the big in real life brands with the communities, but it will be more uh, a customer and a service uh, relationship rather than uh, something in which we'll merge. I also think an important point there when you talk about there being any sort of like level of competition. I think where Web3 and what we're building right now can stand strong is in those small collections where the owners of those, if, as I think I said it earlier, like they're kind of like the top tier echelon people, then that's how you stand out. Because no matter what Disney produce art, movies, no matter what they, they put out, you can't beat the value of being able to join in on that uh, high level community and there's always going to be demand for getting access to that and then that's how you're able to stand out but i also see v that you, you have a point here yeah i just wanted to add i really like how sandy put it a few days ago and it might seem like i'm simping over sandy especially after that thread but <laughs> i like how he described the nft communities he said that they targeted the big brands they got the games and then they went to niche nft communities because he understood that polygon isn't a part of the ct nft culture and he really needs that and to get that you need to involve those niche nft communities and that's us we, we are web3 we might belong to different communities and projects but we're actually one community when push comes to shove and when it comes to the big companies such as disney or anyone else against web3 it's going to be us against them but that was it just wanted to had that we are niche communities and that's what we're doing great at and i think we might struggle to get the masses we've got to make everyone web free degens and bring them over uh, to our side of the light yeah it's kind of like magic the gathering or any of these dungeon and dragons league right like uh <laughs> i don't know why i went with with those groups as examples but you know uh People kind of trickle down. I'm not sure magic will ever get mass adoption 
But maybe some of these web-free communities will. We've seen the apes on ads for Adidas, and maybe that's kind of their motto. But for us smaller collections, it's, it's more about, to me, that the community and, and, and the people, um, the brand is standing strong as well. But it's, it's difficult for me to see them buying us out or integrating us uh, in the future outside of, like Beth says, maybe kind of like a customer service provider relationship. Sorry, sorry for going on that tangent. By the way, uh. <laughs> no, I, I always love love a good tangent because you never know what you can learn, and that's the the cool thing about these spaces and why we like to do keep, try and keep it a bit open ended, is because you can go down a rabbit hole and everyone can join us along for the journey, and at the end of it, maybe we're a little bit wiser. Could be a bit dumber, but maybe we're a bit wiser, and that's the one that we we, we try and go for. And I, I think on that bombshell, it's a, a nice moment to be able to tie up the spaces. We've been going for just under an hour and a half now. And you guys have been phenomenal guests. Uh, we, we've loved bringing up your community here as well for some really insightful questions. Thank you, everyone uh, who's been able to come out tonight, uh, come up to speak and join us. Uh, it's, it's been a really magical one and looking forward to hosting these many more we do this on a bi-weekly basis so there's lots more to come and if you keep an eye on, on the on the boo twitter we're going to be releasing uh the, the first boo so we had to get a sneak peek of what the new artwork looks like uh, ahead of our auction and it's going to be an ex exciting time big brain do you have anything else you want to say no, I just say it, uh, it's amazing to get the different insights from all the different chains. Uh, appreciate all of you guys for your time and, and definitely look forward to to following you guys in this multi-chain uh, approach that you guys are taking. So uh, best of luck and uh, definitely you'll see one of his big brains, I'm sure, uh, on whatever chain you're on. Thanks, gang. Thank you for hosting. It was really fun. Uh, I, I'm going to listen to the recording as well, because uh, it, but it's uh, thank you for hosting again. It was super interesting. Been a pleasure. Yep. We're not going to let you play music uh, to sign us off this time. So uh, those speakers will be, they will be upgraded <laughs> on our next uh, journey into the boot monsters. Everybody take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was what does it mean to go multi-chain hosted by near big brain with the wrecked gang recorded on Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn bag. Basket like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes And take the rest and turn them into free bait Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes
and impossible Defended the plausible from end to demonstrable The mission isn't even worried about the clearance Running interference till our enemies fear us We're only one disappearance away from a bad day Everybody trying to save face on the last day Feeling fancy, about to pull out the mass eh? Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy Trying to get through another day full of savagery Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall All hands on deck, waiting for our next haul I need the rest, got big plans to eject So feed the grass and keep off the Kleenex I am interested in magic because I am fascinated with psychology I love to learn about how people make inferences about How they draw conclusions and find patterns and information And in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong uh, how an individual can be led astray from certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited.